1: I felt like there were a lot of emotions that I would experience, kind of like reliving some of those years and those moments. But I think in the end, I came away with just like this overall feeling of gratitude for the life that I have had and like the people in my life that have contributed to my well being and my progress and all those things.
0: Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson owner of Simple Scrapper, and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 114. In this episode, I'm joined by Kim Edson for our monthly casual catch-up, along with a preview of what you can expect during our storytelling journey. Hey, Kim, how are you doing? I am doing fabulous today because my husband has returned to work,
1: to the office, which... It has been lovely to have him home for the past 13 months and three days. It really has. But I'm very excited to vacuum whenever I want and use the treadmill whenever I want and, like, not have to worry about meetings and video chats and all of those things. So it should not be a big deal, but I kind of feel like it's like Gretchen Rubin always talks about the blank slate, and I feel like this is my blank slate. Like, he's back at work. The girls are in school. Like, we've
0: got this. I am having a lot of jealous feelings (laughs) right now. I am looking forward to that happening probably in August. Well, here's
1: the thing is I had not been alone in my house for an, like, okay. So a couple weeks ago, the girls have now gotten their learner's permit. So I think we had like a your way workshop and maybe I did like a zoom crop. So Dan was taking, took them out when I was doing those to practice driving. But other than that, Mm -hmm. I've not been alone in my house. I don't think for like, right. Like since the girls were home, like last spring break. So it is very, I enjoy that. It's just very peaceful and calm. And, um, so yeah, this introvert is very excited. So I do, I love my family. And like I said, it was been fabulous to have him to pop up for lunch or things like that, but, um, I'm ready to like turn the
0: page. So for sure. I keep, um, kind of throwing it in there. Like, you know, you could like go to the office like a couple days a week uh, yeah. <laughs> do you you know you? he can go in if he has a reason to but he doesn't mm-hmm. always have a reason And i'm like we can help you come up with good reasons why you need to be in the office yeah well and then what's no, kind it's, of crazy... i mean it's good and it'll be hard it'll be different when they're gone again uh because we've gotten used to these routines and uh the ways in which we support each other being all at home
1: well, okay, so a couple interesting things with that is one, Dan isn't even returning to the same office. They built, they were in the process of building a new building like to be finished last November. So I remember he went you saying in that, yeah, day to like pack up his office. So he's going back to like a completely, I mean, a completely new office. I mean, it's a different location and everything. So um, I was like, what time do you have to like leave the house? Do you even know? Because I don't know. Um, but then also the fact that I feel like I have often kind of, when I've wanted to make changes or kind of, I don't, remake commitments to, um, like I will say, like the past few weeks, my, like I broke my meditation chain. I haven't been running. Like I've just kind of, like things have just gone out the wayside. And I think part of it is I've always really, counted on or really took advantage of those like blank slate moments like and the girls going back to school or like school is out for the summer it's always school but I don't know that we really so much had that because in the fall they were home like part-time but he was still here and then when they went back to school full-time like when he was still here and then I was like vaccinating people so I was around so I just was never able to establish any sort of just routine. It was just like controlled chaos, right? There was always like all these moving parts to keep track of and who was getting kids to and fro and um, now track had started. So we have like that. And so I am just like, I feel like this is, I've been waiting for this moment for a while. So
0: it's, it feels good. Do you think that your habits fell off the past few weeks because you knew this was coming and you were kind of getting in your last little bit of excuses and laziness kind of leading up to that because you knew you'd have this blank slate?
1: I don't necessarily know what's that because part of it is. So I was still doing some in-store vaccinations. So we were done Mm. with the long-term care facilities. And then there was a lot of understandably, like, uncertainty as far as, like, what my role would be going forward with the vaccinations as far as, like, in-store and, like, off-site corporation type things because um, I did not want to sign on with, like, a permanent, either, like, part-time or full-time position. And so some of it depended on their staffing needs and also, like, the vaccine availability because they transitioned from their allotment, whether it was from, like, state or federal, or I don't even really know how that all worked. So I kept thinking, like oh, I'm wrapping that up. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. But then there'd be more shifts available. And then I just kept, and it's not like I was working a ton, right? It would just be like a four hour shift here and there. But again, it just was more of that mental management of trying to like track all this. So I think, so I have told, I've stepped away from that. Like my original intent was to help with the long-term care facilities and I met that obligation. So I've, like, wrapped that up. So I think that loose end is gone. And then also Dan has been on a really big project the last few weeks. So, like, end of March to, like, literally last Tuesday where he was working, like, 15-hour days. Like, so I think that was harder because, you know, he was really busy and stressed. And so then that just, like, left more. I'm just kind of, like, one of those people that takes on – it was, like, the empathetic side of things. So I think that kind of played into things, too. Um, So I think there were multiple reasons rather than more so than, like, I'll just put it off and start next week. I think it was just a lot more of that. And then we had um my uncle passed away, and so we had to travel for the funeral. So it was just, I think, a lot of variabilities coming into play all at one time.
0: Well, and I think kind of as an outsider here observing you've uh, kind of tested those boundaries of what is what is full and what is overfull in my life right now. And when we go into that overfull state, something else has ends up being sacrificed. And oftentimes it's the things that we, you know, those foundational things we need most <laughs> to thrive um, just because it doesn't feel like there's enough time or bandwidth to even to get to those things. And, you know, I think ideally we're all need to be in this, you know, not even quite full, but slightly under full, you know, so that we have opportunities to say yes, when something does come up. Um, but so that, that's what kind of what I've observed over this past year. And especially now, you know, we have sports seasons are ramping up and everything, everybody's doing things in safe ways, but you know, our schedule is a lot more full than it was any time in the past year. And we're, you know, going through our own family negotiations of, okay, what is what is the right balance?
1: Yeah, and I think you nailed it on the head with the bandwidth. Because at some point, I would have some time, but I just didn't have, I guess, like the mental oomph there to do it. Or I would go in. I would swing wildly like one we way or other. Like I would spend like if we were home for like a weekend, I would just want to like scrapbook and then like the next time when I'd have a free time, then it was just like, well, I need to like get the house back in order. Like I would just it was kind of like all or nothing, um, thinking yeah. almost.
0: So Well, that's kind of more out of character for you, right? Because you prefer the, you know, little bits consistently rather than all or nothing.
1: Yes. And I do kind of have to fight against that. Like if I do feel like I've swung too far one way or the other like there's always that temptation to like go all in kind of get to like that blank slate but then i know right like if i spend like an entire day cleaning my house well then in like whatever 2 weeks time like that's all going to come due again so i'm better off to like just pace things out um and yeah but like with a schedule that you just never do like i would sit down at the beginning of the week and kind of see what the week was going to lay out and then that was always changing and evolving and I think we've talked about mm-hmm. how uncertainty is not always our f- our most favorite thing in the world. And I try no. not to be super rigid I try to be some flexible, but I think like the longer it goes on, the more it wears on me. So like I said, life's good, the chickens are good, the cats are good, the kids are good, like husband's good, like, like I've got this. I mean it snowed this morning, but
0: Yeah, we have snow too. It's so (laughs) mind-blowing.
1: Yeah. Though I know a few years ago when the girls were in elementary school, they had a snow day. It was like May 2nd because there was a giant snowstorm. So we're not out of the woods yet, but I know it's not going to last.
0: So for me, I don't. Know, I, I guess I don't have as much of a dramatic update, but <laughs> it is kind of exciting that I finally put photos in the frames that are hanging above my bed. So if you're not familiar with this story, we moved into this house in November of 2014, and you know even before we moved, when we knew we were moving here, I had bought the big 12 by 12 frames from IKEA. So they're not actually 12 by 12; they're like. 20 by 20 with a 12 by 12 slot or something like that. Or maybe they're 18 by 18, but they're large. I knew it was going to fit a 12 by 12 scrapbook page or a 12 by 12 photo. And, um, they sat in the corner of the bedroom for many years till like, I don't know what, 2018, 2019. And then I finally hung them above the bed with nothing in them. Cause I'm like, I figured if I just get them up there, I'll, I'll finally feel the need to fill them. <laughs> Well, it took going through many sessions of Stash Badge and, and this this recent one to say, okay, this is ridiculous. I need to just print some photos and I can change them later if I don't like them. And so it literally took me five minutes to print the photos and another 10 minutes to put them in the frames and hang them up. And I had this whole mental thing of like, oh, it's just going to be this so cumbersome to take them off the wall. And I have them hung with each corner has a command strip um the you know the heaviest ones Mm -hmm. and then there's one nail in the middle kind of as a backup because you don't want frames falling on your head in the middle of the night that would probably not work out so well um so the command strips really are what's doing the holding and then the nail is the backup and so but it's not hard to to you know uh pull it off the wall it's velcro So and then they don't there's no wire on the back, it's just the little tabs. And so it didn't take any time at all. And printing the photos was no big deal because I, you know, I have the large format printer. And then I also realized because I had framed, I have three more of these frames downstairs. I had cut out my 12 by 12 photos each time. But that makes zero sense because the entire piece of paper that I print on fits in the frame. So I don't need to like crop them down and then try to, you know, tape them in there. So they're level. I can literally I have it's like 13 by 19 photo paper. I can print my photo and then just slap the whole thing in there. <laughs> so I just I feel really good. Um, and I've been making my bed every day. And it just fe- I feel like a grown up, I guess.
1: <laughs> okay, so my question is, was it difficult to select the images that you printed? So I think that would be the obstacle for me. I, I would put it off because I wouldn't have to decide. And granted, like you said, you could always change them out, but
0: so that was one of the reasons why, because I kept I was trying to figure out the perfect series of photos and then edit them the same way. And so what happened was over the winter, um, there was one day in which I think it was a day, it was a Sunday, and Emily had writing lessons and Steve had just snow and it was so beautiful just like one of those like really wintry days with just the right light and steve loves to take photos too and so he took emily around he was taking pictures of like neighbor's trees and go you know driving you know kind of out of the way and he took a picture of emily by um our friend's lake and then another picture of her riding horses that same day and so it was all kind of same day similar light very easy to edit And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to use three photos from the same day. Um, And that made it easier because I didn't really have to make decisions other than narrowing down probably 20 photos to three. Perfect. Yeah. And I think, you know, series like that where it's the same day, the same setting, it makes it so much easier to then kind of get over those humps because you're not trying to see, okay, did these photos from, you know, three different years actually go together because they probably don't. And you need to find a way through the editing or your choices, um, to make them go better together on the wall like that. So, and maybe I'm just a perfectionist about it.
1: No, well, at some point, right. You want to, you're looking for a certain outcome and you know, I mean, What's that saying? Like a, any job worth doing is worth doing right. Or I don't know. But I can see definitely how you talked about that, you know, you feel like an adult and you're making your bed. It's though sometimes those small little tweaks have such a big impact. Like they have a bigger impact than you would think they would given their scope. And it's just, and it was just a mental lift probably. Like it puts a little bounce in your step.
0: Oh, 100%. And so every time I go in there all day, I'm like, oh, look, my bed's all made. And then at night, it's so, like, delightful to, like, get into the made bed. And I find myself going to bed earlier. So, like, there's a total ripple effect from just hanging photos on the wall. Yes. And
1: I never – when I was young, like, I was kind of notorious for having a messy room. And I didn't have strong opinions on making a bed or not making the bed. But I – read or heard or saw somewhere where they talked about making your bed has such a big impact because it's such a large piece of like real estate, like for your room, right? For most rooms, I suppose. Um, It takes up a large portion of the room. So if you can take a few minutes to make that tidy, it just makes the whole room feel tidy. Whether you have like laundry in the corner or a stack of library books or whatever, that small difference um, has a large impact.
0: Well, it makes it more likely that when I get, you know, I finish some laundry that I actually complete the cycle and put it all away. Like if the bed's made, I keep other things more tidy because it it's more obvious when something else comes in that's not tidy, I guess.
1: Yeah, so it's like that ripple
0: effect for sure. Uh-huh. All right, maybe we should talk about scrapbooking a little bit. <laughs> yes. Let's. All right. So what is exciting you right now? So
1: I will admit I was wrong. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. I, I Ask my husband. It never happens. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so Story 52 was a lot of chatter when that began at the beginning of the year within our membership. And, you know, we have some people that, you know, big fans of Stacey. And I've taken classes with Stacey Julian before. And she's bonded on your podcast. And she's delightful. But the concept of this class is that you get almost like this deck of cards. And you deal yourself a hand. And it kind of guides what you make for your layout so I mean if you're doing like the original intent of the class it kind of guides like topic and like um like how you present your journaling and so things like that and I thought it looked super fun and I like Stacy and we had a lot of buzz in the membership about it and so a lot of people doing it but I thought, like I do not need more restrictions on things in my life like I just want my scrapbooking to just be whatever I want but then I started seeing all these layouts that people were sharing that were prompted by this class. And I was like, man, these are just amazing. And she had run some sales. And so I picked it up. And I have had so much fun making the layouts for this class. Like, and I think because I was trying to say, like, I think originally I thought it would be really restrictive, but obviously like you make the rules, you can just make it whatever you want. So, but I Mm -hmm. think it has challenged me to think of different ways to present my story as opposed to just my random journaling block that I would always default to. Um, Because some of it would be like, say it with an interview or say it with a conversation or say it with a list. So it is forcing, it is prompting me to think of more interesting ways to present the story and so I'm, rather than finding it frustrating, I'm I'm finding it to be a fun challenge. And I think at any given point, if it does get too frustrating, then, you know, I won't use that particular prompt that week. I'll just either substitute it or, you know, make a layout for whatever. But um, I have really enjoyed it. It's been lots of fun.
0: I love that. Everyone who I talk to is enjoying it. I have not taken it myself because I didn't want to commit to something else right now, Mm -hmm. but I certainly would consider it in the future. I love kind of thinking of stories in different ways and I I know that Stacy's all of her kind of story focused prompts over the years are always just so clever and clever combinations of things and I feel that the story 52 approach is just an extension of that
1: yes there's lots of enthusiasm and just good support and lots of um, I'm a member of the Facebook group as well and so there's just lots of excitement about it and so that's contagious I think
0: very cool all right What is in your scrappy world? Yeah, I've been experimenting, which I feel like this is the year of experiments. I'm trying to like, and I definitely want better morning routines that support, you know, the life I want to have. At the end of last year and in January, I was working a lot on on evening routines and sleep routines uh, because... If, you know, if you're not getting good sleep, the of the rest of it's out the window. And I've got that mostly, mostly dialed in. I have a kind of a toolbox. But I've been working and dabbling in what I want to do in the morning and what's the best way to start my day that really supports having a great day. And, you know, I tried doing the daily pages in the morning and I really liked that with no structure. And then I tried it with structure and totally failed at that. Um, I've tried, I've tried some other things, but what's been working recently is just the simple commitment of, I get up, hopefully at an earlier time than a later time, I get to go make my coffee and I get to come up and sit at my desk and do something with my craft supplies. And it's not, uh, it's not too structured, but I have been focused on, and this, I feel like, um, Maybe I'm contradicting myself. We'll see. Uh, I resubscribed to the story kits and the story stamp after quite a hiatus. Because I always enjoyed the products. I just didn't find that I was using them uh, as as fast as I wanted to. Because I wasn't doing as many card-focused projects. But after Crystal was on the podcast, Crystal Ignate and... Hearing about her planning approach, I decided to try it with one story kit that I still had that had been unopened. And this was the adventure story kit. I believe I had to kind of purchase it in a sale to use for a Disney album. And then I ended up making a photo book for that trip. And so I sat down and I ended up coming up with nine different stories to use up the entire kit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so satisfying. It took me two mornings to do it. I watched um, Allie's, you know, her teaching video, uh, half of it one morning, half the next morning, and, you know, listening to all of her story ideas. And, you know, I made, I used old Project Life cards to just write notes for myself on what the story was, draw a little kind of doodle of kind of the, the construction that I was thinking of. And it's just so amazingly satisfying. The pages are, are easy to put together. So what I'm doing is I'm doing six by eight. And I'm doing basically story spreads. And I I think my problem before is that I was thinking of Pocket Pages as this project life idea where the page is kind of a bunch of things together or you have photo story pairs that you're trying to then kind of put into this harmonious thing. And that's how I've approached more of uh, December Daily in Pockets. I've never sat down and basically just used Pockets as a a format for a quote unquote layout. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference here is that I'm taking this, you know, six by eight canvas, which ends up being 12 by eight because it's two pages. I'm looking at a spread and I'm thinking, okay, what can I make here? So some pages have pockets, some are full page and it's so delightful and simple and I get to use the fun products and I'm just loving it. So, and I have coffee and that makes everything better. (laughs) Yeah, that does sound really fun. So yeah, I'm just, I kind of wasn't expecting this, I guess. And now I feel like I I have something that's, that's simple and easy and is gets me to, to tell more stories, which that's the whole point. And sometimes I'll come across, oh, well, this is something that's bigger and I, I don't want to do six by eight. So I'm going to set this aside for an eight and a half by 11 and a longer story. But just kind of staying in the zone of playing with my stuff, using up my stuff and telling stories is, you know, that's where I want to be hanging out.
1: Okay, so I have a couple of thoughts and questions. So one, since you have the story kit and the story stamp, do you also get the digital products?
0: Yes. So okay. that comes with it. So the when you subscribe to both, you get the digital and the class. That's um, what I thought. And so, so it's, 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 it's almost a deal because you could purchase the class and the digital separately, but that's the same price as getting the stamp and I'd rather just have the stamp. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and then I wondered too, you know, cause you have the option then, cause you talked about if you do some as larger, if you want to do more hybrid, then you also have those products to use. Like I'm thinking for like the stamps for like title work or something like that, you could easily
0: translate that into something that's hybrid or digital. Correct. And so I would say the one thing that's kind of I'm um encouraging myself and working through some things is I'm doing handwritten journaling again for these because I personally find it a little too fussy to print journaling on three by four cards. It's just like it's not it's not fun for me <laughs> um and so while I could I have the digital products, I certainly could do that. I'm just trying to, you know, I use my ruler to draw my lines and just trying to embrace the imperfection of my handwriting. And I think it's it's important that I do that. And I, I do want to make sure that because I am doing so many other hybrid layouts, I want to have something that has my handwriting in it over time as well. Okay.
1: Well, then that gives you that balance. But also you had done six by eight for the past few years. So I would imagine that was also a nice to go back to that because you're comfortable with that. You enjoyed that. And you probably still had plenty of page protectors.
0: Um, well, so. that was kind of the deciding factor. I was also thinking about nine by 12. And then I realized I had basically a whole album's worth of page protectors in the six by eight size. I mean, probably a hundred at least. And, you know, all the various configurations, three by eight as well. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense for me to kind of start investing in a whole new size um for kind of ongoing crafting because I do enjoy that six by eight so much.
1: Yeah, cool.
0: And I think, think we had the two another page,
1: question, but now I don't remember what it was. But if it comes back, I'll bring it
0: <laughs> No big deal. <laughs> so yeah, that's what's exciting me right now. I'm coffee and crafting and um it's uh yeah, I'm happy with it and I'm gonna continue kind of working in that vein. Um for as long as it, you know, it works.
1: Well, sounds like a lovely way to start the day. Um, I think this got discussed a little bit in the group, or maybe it was at a Zoom crop. When we read The Lazy Somewhere. Genius Way, she'd had a recent podcast episode where she talked about morning routines. And her, like one of her main facets was the idea of rather than trying to, like I always think of a morning routine of like, okay, how much can I pack in to like start my day and get this over with and, you know. Um, And her whole concept was what makes you feel like most like you. So for you, drinking coffee and puttering with some craft supplies is pretty awesome. I've been doing a lot more reading in the morning because I feel like that is my, you know, I've been, I've loved reading my whole life. And I think, right, like that's like my first love as far as like hobbies go. I always come back to that. So I like the idea of it's very – Well, one, I mean, you're making progress and you're having fun, but it also speaks a lot to, like, you, yourself, your personality, and the things that you enjoy.
0: Yeah, like, as much as I've tried over the years, I'm not a spring out of bed and let's do some exercise or active things. Like, I'm more likely to do that later in the day because I just, I don't ramp up quickly. And this is something that feels quiet and slow and doesn't require my body to move too much um but all but does still feel nurturing and there's enough kind of openness to it because i could just sit here and like watch it, watch one of the many videos that i have in my you know library and i'm not talking about my own videos but people think that i've paid
1: yes, for yeah, class videos um
0: and, yeah. yeah and you know, I don't have to make something, but I just want to like spend time immersing myself in it so that because this is my job, I can still re- retain that uh, personal connection to it. And, and kind of having that context to start my day really helps me bring more of myself into the business, into my social media posts, um, rather than starting the day with it being business. And then I think that there's that veneer too that that comes across as uh, if I don't have anything interesting to share about my own hobby it makes it harder to to really be authentic in social media and my emails and things like that does that make sense
1: yes and it always makes me think like when the girls were babies it was the whole idea of like sleep begets sleep so if they're like well rested and they're getting naps like they're gonna sleep better because they're not like so strung out but I still feel like the same thing with creativity like the more time you get to spend creating it just kind of there's a momentum there and then you feel more creative and it just builds. So there's also that concept of just consuming versus creating, I think, as well comes mm-hmm. into play. Um, I think in general it's more fulfilling, at least to me, to be in the process of creating something versus just taking something in. And not that there isn't a time and place for that, but um, – well, we feel also like talked if you're about, excited, honestly, about what you're doing, that's going to come through from your business side point, for
0: sure. Yes, 100%. And, and we've talked over the years about how when you have something kind of marinating or on the way, you're more likely to continue doing it. And so if I'm just doing this for like 20, 25 minutes in the morning, you know, I can't, oh, I can finish some things, but I can't always finish everything. And so it means I have something to immediately sit down with later. And sometimes it happens later the same day because I'm so excited about it. I just want to finish it or it's there for the next morning uh, to continue working on. So there's more of a kind of a continuity um, with, with the scale because it fits so easily on my desk as well. So, you know, we've had so many conversations in the membership recently from others who have been getting story kits for so long, maybe since even the very beginning and they're not using them as much as they would like and and i really think this perspective on thinking about how you can use them to create what amounts to a layout or even putting them on a layout uh kind of it 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 really puts that story focus uh in view versus thinking of it in a you know quote-unquote project life sense
1: yeah like what's the disconnect there like they like the kits they love ally like they love the content but yeah how to make that jump yes so, yes my other thought apparently i had lots of thoughts on the, on like everything um but the morning thing it kind of brings me back to that whole story 52 thing about how like when i deal my cards i don't know if there's ever been a time like maybe i would know what the topic but or like it usually takes me a couple of days to kind of get together an idea of like, oh, what story or whatever is going to fit these? Or if I'm working on just a different layout, the idea of like something's not right, I will come back to it, you know, later. But in the meantime, like you talked about that marinating, it's in the back of my mind. And I feel like when I come back to it, I'm often able to either see what was wrong or I have a different idea of like how I can address it so I like it better. So I think that's part of it is rather than say, I'm just planning to spend... You know, an afternoon scrapbooking, if I come against something that I'm finding challenging, like so challenging in my crafting hobby, but what isn't working for me, I might be more apt to just push through. But when you're working in like these little bits like this, I think it gives you that pause, that time to reflect and to come back at it. So I think maybe that's part of why I'm enjoying these layouts so much is because just of how they're evolving. So maybe you're also finding that to be the case with your story kit.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's just a very similar process where you're just allowing allowing the 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 guidance that we have in the industry, whether it's products or classes or tools that you're using to 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 really help you, to really lean on it. Um because it works. Like that's that's why we create these things, you know, and you know, we create this similar types of things here at Simple Scrapper. Um, we want you to lean on them to then to guide your next steps because it makes it a little bit easier.
1: Yes. So telling stories. Do you have a bucket list story?
0: Yes. So this is kind of exciting, and I will link the recording to a live stream I just did, which when we are recording this, it was yesterday. Um, I and my husband are getting started on his childhood album. And we are documenting his life from birth all the way until when we got married, uh, just because it feels like, you know, he doesn't have really anything scrapbooked prior to that. So it makes mm-hmm. sense to to choose that as his uh, story parameter. And we're using my Before Your Story album framework. So the reason this class is called Before Your Story is because there, we have this tagline Before Your Story, meaning your, meaning a child, before your story, there was mine. So to really capture your story of life before now, before your your present adult life. <laughs> and um, originally the whole class was based on my album that was about me, but we've had so many conversations over the years of people who've used this framework for someone else's album and they wanted to see an example of me doing it. And I always said I wanted to do my husband. So I said, okay, this is the year we're doing this mm-hmm and he's he's been doing a lot of scanning he already has a lot of his stuff scanned so i knew that was kind of uh it wouldn't be too challenging it was very, it felt very doable uh so we're diving into that and in the live stream i shared all the different products we're doing we actually are doing 9x12 for this album and i explained kind of why we chose that and why we chose um this collection from simple stories uh, to to be kind of the the design framework for it.
1: Yeah, I watched the video last night. So yeah, it looks fun, and he's helping. Or I mean, I guess he's got to do all like the story um, kind of
0: evolution. Or Correct. Least... So he's going to work through all the worksheets that we have in the class and figure out what stories and choose the photos. And write the journaling, and I'm just going to help assemble it all. But kind of walking him through the process um, and kind of, you know, making it easier on him. Okay, so here's this photo. Now, what are you going to say about that? Give me your three sentences. So I imagine we're going to do something like a Word document where I just insert all the photos and have him write three sentences underneath them. And we'll probably end up doing hybrid journaling for his because... I I can't, I mean, I can see him doing handwriting throughout the whole thing, but I think it would be much easier if we just do hybrid and have it typed.
1: Well, and that's smart too. It's one thing, right? There's an ideal and then there's being realistic. And at the end, in the end, you want a finished album. So you can, you know, make it more challenging or you could just go with the flow. So along those lines, I think, so I had done the before your story class back in the day and I ended mine with – so I did like my birth up until I got engaged. And then Dan and I were married for seven years before we had kids. And I had always thought that that would be a fun way to approach telling like our story. Because I watched that video that you had done yesterday and you talked about the idea of, yeah, like so this is when I started scrapbooking. And so for – you know, before him, you know, the time before that was not covered. So for me, like I've done my before your story album up until where you got gauged. And I really started scrapbooking, I guess shortly after the girls were born, but I had kind of gone back and done something. So there is kind of like that, like the lost years <laughs> that aren't really yeah. documented. I have photo albums, but I think it would be fun to put the stories there. Like I don't have a, anything about like our wedding or our early married years. And, um, And I don't necessarily want to do, like, a full wedding album, but I think this would be a really comprehensive way to tell all of those stories about, like, who we were as a couple before our family expanded, Um, and, like, the things we did, and the places we went, and the people that were in our lives, and, like, how that all has evolved, you know, like, because in whatever the girls, like, four or five years, like, they're going to be gone again, and it'll just be Dan and I again, so I could probably start another album, Uh, but I really... My mind likes compartmentalizing to some extent, like these you know this is like my story, this is our you know Dan and my story, this is like our family story, so sure, um I've not done Dan's childhood. I think it would be fun to do. I've started to tell more stories um that involve him. I would say in recent years, and I think part of that too is just as the girls have gotten older and you know my scrapbook games evolved. I'm enjoying going back and telling some of those stories and I kind of always have like here or there, but, um, so I don't think I'm ready to do his full album yet, but I definitely could do like our, our early years together.
0: Well, we've had a lot of interest as well in doing alternate sizes. So the original album, it was designed for 12 by 12 and, you know, I'm doing nine by 12 as an example here. where We are including, um, a similar number of stories in the album. You actually can do a few of, you know, because of the configuration of the pages, you either do a, f- a little bit fewer or a little bit more. Um, but so I think a nine by twelve or even a six by eight could be interesting for that that period of time in your life because it is a shorter period of time, mm-hmm. and you could get a lot. And it just it sounds really fun. I think.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it would just be fun to go back and revisit those because, like I said, I have yeah. photos and albums, but a lot, most of them are not scanned. So it's not like I, and I don't usually just sit and look through the photo albums. So I think it would be, it would be quite a trip.
0: Well, and also I think this concept can be taken to different scales. So just thinking about, this doesn't even have to be about a person. It could be about a relationship, you know, uh, a, a couple, a pair, um, however you want to do it. And to do it over, you know, decades or multiple decades. I could even see it being kind of like a great 50th wedding anniversary present to do something over that period of time to celebrate your relationship. Um, So I think the framework it's, even though it was designed with kind of one story perspective in mind, it really amounts to an ability to scrapbook a lot of time, whether that's seven years or 25 years or longer in a way that actually feels doable because once we get beyond uh, you know even a year it feels like a lot because often we think of you know we're putting about a year in one album but then how do you get 25 years in one album you have to approach it a little bit differently
1: well and that is one thing I liked originally about the class well originally and then also like you know that stayed with me as I've completed the album I actually just pulled out my album earlier this week to look through it. And um, I think just of how you have it structured it is really interesting to me because I feel like, one, you can tell like a really comprehensive, kind of get the big picture stories, but then you're also able to put in some of those like little tidbit stories that
0: maybe mm-hmm. you wouldn't do a
1: full layout on. But that story is still is part of, well, in this case, part of my story. Um, and I still want to highlight that. But so I think one of the things I like the best about it is that you know, if it was all layouts, I think that would just be overwhelming and I wouldn't have gotten it done. And if it was all pockets, I think that would have probably gotten a little tiresome or some stories need bigger layouts. And that's not to say you can't easily go back and add things. Um, But I just think that the structure of it is really flexible and you can make it work for whatever your story or your products are. Because even in my album, that I had done I think there was one section that I did add like an extra like pocket page spread because I had more I wanted to add or um, if there were some stories Mm -hmm. that I wanted to flesh out like even now if there's something where like oh well I have a card on that but I want to like I have a card in there about you know my pets growing up but I could still go back and add a bigger layout either in another album or in this album there's nothing to stop me from doing it but at least you know there's there's kind of that holding spot, like a bit of that story has been told. And if I want to deep go deeper, I can. Um, But I don't feel that pressure necessarily.
0: Yes. I think that's kind of what I tried to emphasize yesterday in the live stream is just this gives you that sense of being caught up on a specific time period or in a specific story of that time period. um, That just kind of releases the weight so that you can focus on other things that might be more interesting. And but then when you do have that additional story, it doesn't mean you can't add it, but you don't feel like you have to. You don't feel like it's it's just there's so much lack there. You feel a sense of uh, abundance and, and, you know, a completion when you create a project like this.
1: I would agree. And I would also say to bring up, you talked in the video about like the lack of the journaling cards. So originally when you taught the class, you had a recommendation to get a project life kit for an abundance of journaling cards and whatnot. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I didn't end up with a Project Life kit. I got the simple stories, like they had like a snap. It was the I Am collection that I just Mm, really liked the products. And I felt like the colors went really well. I liked the messaging. I thought it was, I mean, it was really an excellent collection to use for this type of project. But again, there were some limitations on, the journaling cards that were available, at least at that time, I know they've had like, I am two and I am three, I think. So you could probably round up plenty of journaling cards, but I did end up creating a lot of my own journaling cards with just like embellishments. And a lot of them are very simple. Like, you know, it would be like a, just like a grid card with like a strip of pattern paper, or um, I'm looking at when there's like a, like a little embellishment. So they're not fancy, but it's definitely doable. And I feel like, you know, that with the filler cards, it's not just, I don't know, sometimes when I would do Project Life, I would just try to pack in, like, all the photos and all the words that I missed some of the pretty stuff. And so I feel like that... The crafty part, This yeah. was, yes. So this gave me the opportunity to also incorporate some of that element to it as well, which made it very satisfying, one, in the process of making it, and two, I really like the end result as well, because I can feel like, oh... Um, there's like a creative element to it as well, rather than just simply like words and photos, which is, again, you've talked about that. This is why we're scrapbookers. Like we want to play with the product as well. And I think, you know, this definitely gives you the opportunity to do that without it, again, becoming overwhelming because, I mean, I don't know how many pages this album is, but I can't imagine having, it would have taken me forever to make, to put all these stories in to layouts. But this gave me a little taste of that. But in the end, I have a finished album.
0: Yes. 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 So I think that's a great uh, transition into, uh, kind of the meat of the conversation I want to have today. And I really want to kind of outline how you can scrapbook 25 years or more, 35 years, 45 years in one album. And what I think are these essential, uh, elements of it. And I think you've, you kind of hit on almost all of them, but I want to kind of review them in a little bit of a sequence. But first, can we kind of step back a little bit and to think about, you know, when you took this class as a student in fall of 2015, you know, you were a customer before you ever worked with me. What kind of drew you to even attempting something like this?
1: Well, I think I had recently gotten, you know, like a rubbermaid toe of my childhood memorabilia and I, had gotten some photos from my mom and I was sorting through it and I knew I wanted to have part of that story accessible rather than just in storage in my basement. Um, So I think that prompted me to seek out a way to somehow highlight a lot of those stories. Um, And then also just because I hadn't had, you know, I hadn't been scrapbooking and I wanted to tell those stories, but I didn't really know about how to go about doing it. So I guess this just offered a solution for all of those things. You talk on the video about your husband's supplies about having a pocket for memorabilia. And I was able and kind of depend on the product, but in a lot of instances, I just tucked memorabilia into pockets. Um, Nice. So I have like my my student ID from college and I have, um, there was like my very first job, I worked at this it was like a bed and breakfast, but it was also this restaurant. It was this Victorian, large, like Queen Anne Victorian that had been restored. And I was like 14 and I was like washing dishes and I was an assistant server. And there had been like a write-up in the newspaper about it. And um, so I had that clipping. So I just added that in. So rather than just doing like a pocket at the end, I was able just to slip in the memorabilia in amongst like the pictures and the words and the layouts. So um, I just really liked how, it tied all those different elements together. It wasn't all one thing or all another thing. It kind of, I guess was like a perfect match of all those items.
0: Well, and I think it, you know, you mentioned these different like little bits of like significant memorabilia that we often don't really have like a home for. Mm -hmm. And I've heard from so many of our students that they finally felt like they had a place where they could put that stuff, whether it was, you know, as part of the structure of the album in pockets or even just in a memorabilia folder in the back, but to just have a home for it rather than, you know, just tucked away somewhere in a way that might actually get lost.
1: Yeah. And then I feel like it
0: kind of comes back to
1: the thing, like why am I keeping this if I'm never going to look at it? And I suppose that, you know, someday I'm going to open up that box and look at it. But this way I feel like it has context, right? Like I, there's a story yes. about this being my first job and then this is where it is as opposed to if somebody would come across that clipping and they're like, well, this is weird. Why does she have this? Um So I think that also comes into play where this gives you an opportunity to give that memorabilia context. And um, like I have like a college admission letter so I could talk about that whole process. And um, so I think it's just just like with our photos giving us prompts to tell stories or helping to enhance a story. I think memorabilia can do that as well. And so uh, like I said, I'd gotten that box from my parents and so that just – kind of prompted me to think about like how I want to handle this or how I wanted to handle it. Um, and this was a solution for that and also gave me the opportunity to, you know, tell my childhood story.
0: I love it. I love it so much. And I think we all have these like personal desires to tell these stories. And if it's so, it it can even feel a little intimidating because it is such like, this is me, this is my life. Um, But the way we approach it is to all to make it feasible. Like that's the end goal is for you not to, to give you a path, uh, not even around, but through that sense of, you know, this is, this is big. It is big. We're not going to say it's not big, You're going to have to like go through lots of old photos and make choices, but we give you a way to do that. And I think I I would call that kind of we're looking big picture first. And that's kind of my first, uh, I don't know, element here. You know, we don't start with what was your favorite food in fourth grade. We start, you know, high level thinking about major milestones and transition points as a way of breaking down this, this huge span of time into different segments and then we can get more granular within that so it just kind of we we walk you through it so that you don't have to just face the you know amorphous pile of of everything and we help you kind of craft it uh, in almost a puzzle-like fashion well and
1: I also thought that was had a lot lot of flexibility in how you approached that so I ended up doing when I was kind of thinking of stories or components that I wanted to talk about, I broke it down like birth to like kindergarten, then elementary years, then like middle school, high school, and then college. Mm -hmm. So I kind of did it based on my schooling. Though I seem to remember you did some of yours based on
0: when you had moved, right? Like you were born. Correct. Because I moved when I was nine. And so. Yeah. So those make natural transition
1: points to kind of so and that is also nice because you're not focusing on like the entire, you know, all these decades. You can start with okay, I'm looking at my first 5 years. What were like moments that I would want to address? Like, okay, I'm looking at age, you know, 5 to 13. What? So it again breaks things down so they're more manageable and less overwhelming.
0: Well, and and, and also in the end, there's not that many um not many things that, how do I say this? There's not that many things that you can't include. You have to make choices. So by breaking it down, the highest, the important stuff kind of pops out. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you really have kind of something that's fully fleshed out and balanced without having to really get too much into the weeds. Now, some of that might pop out in your journaling. And as you go to select photos, like you'll, you'll sense more of that context, but the the kind of top-down structure that we take helps you flesh it out without ever feeling like you had to go f- find a way to remember everything because we can't remember everything. But we can remember just the big things that pop out at us. And I also think there's an advantage of doing it with the community because mm.
1: I know when I took the class, there's a lot of just dis- some discussion where people would share like challenges or their own ideas. And that would also help kind of prompt like, oh, yeah, like – you know, I went through something similar and, you know, that – because honestly, I feel like it's kind of like peeling like an onion, right? Like you start with the outer layer. Yes, there's yes. like your initial – I'm like, oh, yeah, these are stories. And then you kind of have to um, – I feel like once you start kind of going down that memory lane, like more things come up that you kind of just get deeper and deeper to it until you get to like the core of it. Um, so I think there's definitely like layers to go through, but it was helpful – to kind of do your initial and then to also kind of take inspiration from, you know, other class members as far as like what was working for them or different things that they were wanting to highlight. Cause it prompted me to kind of, I guess it just kind of continued um, kind of the process of identifying those stories for me. It helped a lot.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, I think that, that we have this emphasis on, stories before photos. And I think that's it's really consistent with everything we talk about at Simple Scrapper and is, is talked about elsewhere in the industry, is that if we, we think about the story that we want to tell, it becomes less of this, oh my gosh, I have all of these photos, how do I possibly do something with all of them? Well, that's not the point. Um, you know, Stacy always says, you know, do something with some of your photos, and this is definitely an invitation to do that because we're going to help you pick the stories that you want to capture and then something visual to represent that. So it could be a photo of yours. It could be a photo from the Internet. You know, uh, we've had people use, take screenshots from, like, Google Earth. Um, you know, they find their childhood home and, and take a photo that way because maybe they don't have one. Or the the memorabilia examples that you gave, that can be the um, the visual representation of that story. So there's lots of ways to back into it without having to just start with all the photos and somehow try to winnow that down that's not feasible no we're going to go cherry pick and try to find the photos that you know do the best job of representing the story we want to tell and even sometimes just say oh you know i can't find one and that's when you use a really nice filler card and you just have the story and that's okay too
1: or i did a card about like i grew up in a small town and you know um like, we rode our bikes everywhere. It was kind of that whole, like, classic, you know, yeah. you go out, your parents don't know where you are. I mean, they have a rough idea. And then you, like, come back when it's time to eat your meal, right? So uh, so I actually have, like, a bicycle, like, a cute little Simple Stories bicycle embellishment on that card. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely like different ways to highlight the stories beyond just using photos.
0: Yes, yes. And I think that that's fundamentally what makes this – easier and feasible and just ultimately a doable project Mm -hmm. and then finally i think it's you know we've talked a lot about the pocket emphasis and just the overall like structure of the album this is a very structured album with a very repetitive design and i think that kind of that overall focus makes it more of that puzzle you're filling in. We help you set up the whole thing, all the page protectors, and then you are filling in blanks the whole time rather than trying to build something, you know, from nothing. So you're starting with something. You're starting with a fully flushed out album structure, and then you just start putting things in pockets. And I think that is what makes it feel uh, and, and be a finishable project in the end.
1: And, we always talk about this, too. Like, if you have a starting
0: point, you can always adapt as
1: needed. Um, but in order to get to that point, you have to start somewhere. So, again, I talk a lot about that flexibility. But I think that that lends itself well to this as well um, because, yeah, you're going through it. Like, I had um, – yeah, like, just like I could – you can put in a little insert if it doesn't work with the structure. Like, if there's um, – you can always add more, but this gives you a place to start. And I didn't find it – sometimes I would think like – I think by the end of project life, it felt more like a chore and it was like repetitive like to the point where it was like, oh, this again. Um, I think how you had it structured with how you're focused on telling stories about like yourself, about the people in your life, the places you went. So that kind of definitely broke it up too and made it seem more manageable that it wasn't, again, like – 40 years of everything, it was this little focus. Um, So that kept it more interesting as opposed to just like something that you would just like monotonously go through.
0: Yeah, we can't, I mean, we can't uh, neglect to include that the uh, library of memories categories that, that Stacey Julian created and in our part of, you know, the story 52 class that you were mentioning Mm -hmm. and, and so much a part of her whole philosophy uh, we're certainly an inspiration for how this album is structured um, instead of using those to to create albums and to inspire different storytelling directions, they are how we organize the album so that you don't have to worry about gaps there there's no visual appearance of gaps here you it's it's about uh, capturing stories of different areas of your life and it feels very cohesive even with you know only 16 stories per um per area here so i think it's there's something really special about it and i guess i'm, I'm tooting my own, own horn and saying that but i'm I'm really proud of the, the the framework that we put together
1: no i i think that was like i was excited about it going in but i think the end result of it like exceeded my expectations i will also say we talked about, like, the feeling of overwhelmed, with, like, stories and photos. But also, I think as I worked through my album, I, you know, I mean, like, anyone's childhood. There's, like, ups and downs and, you know, those awkward, like, teenage years. And uh, I felt like there were a lot of emotions that I would experience kind of, like, reliving some of those years and those moments. But I think in the end, I came away with just, like, this overall feeling of, like, gratitude for you know the life that I have had and like the people I think mostly that was like the big highlight of like the people that have been in my life that have contributed um to my well-being and my progress and all those things so for me I think that was like the biggest takeaway it wasn't like oh it was nice to get just to get these stories stories told and these you know a home for this memorabilia it was this overall overwhelming feeling of just like gratitude for um because we've talked about like scrapbooking being, this is like a a gratitude process. And I definitely felt that with this album.
0: Well, and there's been so many conversations we've had over the years. Each time we've taught the class of, of students who, um, they had a lot of challenging stories to, to work through in documenting their childhood. They didn't, they didn't have anything that was idyllic, but they found, um, So much catharsis from the experience Mm -hmm. to be able to celebrate uh, both the parts that were good and be able to highlight those and feel, feel connection to that and the gratitude for the parts that were good and to be able to kind of honor and respect the parts that were not good and to choose how you wanted that kind of documented and looked back on. So I think there's... Yeah. We've had so many different examples um, over the years of students who've approached it in very different ways and, and for very different reasons. And, I, and I, I love that kind of how the community has brought out such thoughtful discussions about how you handle this when, you know, your your childhood has a, a mixture of, of, of positive and negative experiences.
1: Yeah. Or even if you're just telling, you know, we'll- we talked about those different options for telling stories. Like if you're telling the story of a relationship, if there was like hard moments Um, I think we talked about Allie with the story kits. I think, you know, her products and her philosophy has always been really supportive of telling difficult stories, whether you approach it as like what lessons have I learned from this or like just acknowledging that this was hard and I've come out the other side of this, um, you know, and I'm strong and like the, the value from that too. So while it is fun to tell like the happy stories and I do not tend to want to dwell or tell like always like the negative stories but I think there can be values in, in telling all those types of stories um and again with the structure at some point like it could be one pocket to acknowledge like yeah this was hard but you know it is what it is it doesn't have to like dominate your whole album either
0: Correct. And we talk a lot about um, kind of doing hidden journaling and covering cards. I feel like there's images that you think are important to include kind of from a legacy perspective, but you don't want to look at every time you look at the album. Um, so we kind of, we deal with all the different nuances of that. And, and as you said, you made a really important point about just to to look at yourself today and to realize how, how strong and capable you are um, because of, what your life story is leading up to now. Everything that has happened to us shapes who we are today. And I think that just makes it such a rewarding experience. Ugh, I'm getting all choked up, Jennifer. (laughs) So we will include a link to some more information about the class as well as that live stream that I mentioned in the show notes for this episode. And actually, next month, we have another podcast episode where you'll hear from three more students who've completed their albums. They all kind of approached it a little bit differently. And I just hope that today's conversation really offered some new perspective and and kind of this big picture framework on how you can document life stories that span multiple decades in a way that actually is fun and finishable.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see how everybody gets along.
0: Yes. All right. And thank you, Kim. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. If you like the podcast, you'll love being a member. When you join, you'll get access to weekly zoom crops, bi-monthly retreats, and a huge content library. You can head over to simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our creative community.